Steve Mathis production. Check it out, Pulp MX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcasts not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com, and when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast Show. I'm Steve Mathis, your host, as usual. Uh, with me on the line is uh, a fellow Canadian, although he's French-Canadian, so, you know, we're at war, apparently, but a fellow Canadian, uh, the owner of C4MX, and an all-around good guy, and a guy who's got a real interesting backstory, uh, Luke Cowett. What's up, Luke? How you doing, buddy? Better known as Frenchy, of course. Uh, yeah. Does anybody... My mom calls me Luke, that's about it. That's about... I was going to say, <laughs> does anybody call you Luke? No. Frenchy, Right. Yeah, my uh, wife calls me Luke, and that's it. Oh, okay, all right. Well, uh, hey, thanks for doing this, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, C4MX, and that's that's your company. You're doing motors, um, and if people don't know, you've done a lot of motors for a lot of guys that are killing it in, in the, the privateer ranks, and uh, you know, you've know you got a long history working at Factory Yamaha, working at Yamaha Troy, but I guess, first of all, how's business going now? How, how are we doing? Right now, I'm just it's crazy wide open, man. Uh, it's all Canada stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, leading Edge, Spencer Knowles. I mean, I got motors lined up, and it's it's mainly to get ready for the Canadian Nationals. And in the meantime, I still have some privateer kids here, some amateur kids that I got to deal with in the meantime, also. Mm-hmm. So right now, it's pretty. It's been pretty wide open since November. Um, yeah. yeah, I did that little team thing with Scott Champion, so I still have that on the go. We're leaving tomorrow for Salt Lake. Yep. So. I always try to cram four days of work and all the way to Thursday, and then leaving <laughs> on Friday to go to the races. Yeah, and then uh, kind of we we'll make it work. We we'll make it work. Idiot guys like me bugging you to do these things. Um, yeah, c four mx dot com. People can check it out. Is that? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, and uh, yeah, it, it's cool. I saw you got into a little bit of team ownership with Scott Champion first with Austin Politelli. I'm not quite sure what happened there, but then you picked up Champion and. Uh, I mean, is this your goal? Do you, do you want to do that? Would you like to have a, a team? Uh, probably not. <laughs> uh, it's something I tried uh, to get a little bit more exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't really work out like I wanted to. Um, I mean, obviously, I had a bunch of people behind me to help me out. Yeah. Uh, my main one was Jeff Patterson. Um, a lot of people know him as the guy that brought Lee at Brace in the States back in, like, 05 or 06. Yep. That guy has been helping me, like, tremendously like this year mm-hmm. and then he's taking us to all the races and he uh he's um he's brought on board it's vertice it's called it's a company that he's putting together and then he's putting a lot of money behind us and uh yeah. so good thing i have him this year to help us out and i got fmf to help me out um jt cd booth i got a lot of people helping me out this year we put that little thing together and then just for supercross only though i'm not going outdoors there's no yeah. way yeah so um West Coast is pretty easy to do Supercross. They're mm-hmm. all around here. A couple like Seattle and Salt Lake's a little bit up down the road, but uh, yeah, yeah. 
Other than that, after Vegas, we're done. I always wonder about uh, yourself, and there's other some other motor guys out there and stuff like, you know, you there's a delicate balance between doing work for free and then you know customer work, and obviously customer work keeps the lights on and keeps food on the table and all that. But on the other hand, you do have to you know give away some work to get exposure. So yeah, how do you find um, that balance? Like how how does that work? Because I imagine you're pretty busy with just the the free stuff for guys. Yeah, it's it's not easy because okay, everybody can go anywhere and say, "Oh, I'm going to get a porting job for free. Can you match this?" I say, mm-hmm. "Well, I mean, you can go for it, dude. I mean, I'm yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, I can't really match that. I mean, I still have to buy brake cleaners for the shop. I gotta the money's got to come in. And I got to yeah. pay bills too. Yep. But with teams like uh, Moto Concept, I helped them out like a lot this year. Mm-hmm. And then I learn a lot from these guys, too, because we try a bunch of stuff. We go testing. They test some stuff. They tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I help them out on price-wise, and then we kind of both help each other out that way. So mm-hmm. that helps out. Yeah. Uh, my main amateur kids, I usually tell them, you guys can bring your own parts. Instead of buy the, bike, the parts through me, just get your own parts, bring your bike, and then we'll do it. Yeah, okay. So, so it's kind of yeah. helping them out that way. But, like, labor-wise, I'm usually – it's kind of hard to cut down on labor because <laughs> yeah. I usually don't charge too much. So Yeah. Uh, who are some of the guys you're working with nowadays, or ha- or have you worked with before? Some of the motors and stuff, like just to give people an idea of uh, C4 MX and all the things you've done. Well, this year, um, like in Supercross, I usually have like about four guys in the main every weekend between uh, Lenanovich, uh, Cal Beaton. He's done like a couple of them. I got the whole motor concept team: Jake Canada, Vince Freeze, um, Tommy Week. Yeah, Tommy Weeks. Uh, other than that, in Supercross, that's about it. Mm-hmm. Champion, obviously. Yeah. Uh, back east, I had Paul Telly. I got uh, Sean Rife back east also mm-hmm. that I help out a little bit. And um, that's about it for Supercross. The amateur rank, then I got a few more there that are pretty up and coming. There's uh, the Seminoles from up in uh, Reno. Okay. Uh, I've been helping them out this year. They're on Cali now. So um, Aaron and Ty, they're both little brothers in Reno. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, been helping him out quite a bit this year, and then uh, yep. that's kind of like, uh, and in Canada, obviously, all this stuff in Canada that I'm doing for Leading Edge, so that's, yeah. uh, that's a lot of people between Gurky and Gurky, uh, Villapoto, uh, Teddy Mayer, and uh, little Cal Beaton there. Yeah, who, who can forget Cal Beaton? can forget about him. Uh, <laughs> good to see him make the main this weekend. Um, hey, and then also, too, you've expanded to suspension. Uh, talk about that and talk about Graham, the guy who heads it up and all that. Yeah, I mean, I don't – I do a little bit of suspension. Yep. No, not too much, but uh, Graham, yeah, he's been my go-to guy for the last two years. And mm-hmm. then uh, same thing, he's been up the ranks at Factory Honda, Cowie. He right. worked with Stewart, Short, Tedesco, all those people. Yep. And then uh, same thing, he got laid off with the economy and then uh, he just does it out of his garage and it works real good for me. I just use them. Right. Right. Get a spec sheet and then do this always dead on, dude. Everybody's yeah. very happy with the suspension. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you've made yourself quite a little industry going on there. Um uh it's up in the high desert, I guess, is where it would be. Uh and then yeah, yeah. for people who don't know, um, you know, you do you're pretty you do a lot of stuff for Canada. You do some you did some stuff for some Blackfoot guys that, you know, wasn't really supposed to be told at the time, but you you know, there's some people that buy your engines and don't want anybody to know. Which I yeah, think, that I think, happens too. I think that's <laughs> I think that's the ultimate compliment. You know what I mean? That's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that that says a lot right there. So um, yeah, I that, do some stuff uh, right now in England. Uh, there's a team in England called mm-hmm. Oakleaf Oakleaf Kawasaki. Mm-hmm. 
with uh, Alex Snow and some of the little kids in the lights class, and okay. uh, I've been doing some stuff for them this year. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, it sounds trying good. to expand a little bit everywhere. Here's the thing, though, people don't realize you're still a mechanic in the summer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, I like it though. Do, I like yeah, being a mechanic. It's why, fun. Why do you want to do that still? I'm, I'm, every time I go to Canadian National, you're there spinning the wrenches, and I'm like, "What's this guy doing?" You must really like it though. Yeah, I mean, at, at the same time, I, obviously, I can be at the track and make sure all four or my five of my guys over there are the best equipment underneath them. And like leading edge, they're bringing me there every weekend uh-huh. to make sure all five motors are running real perfectly. Right. And uh, at the same time, since I'm there, then they use me as a mechanic for one of the riders. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this year we got uh, Villapolo's little brother, uh-huh. uh, so I'm going to be working for him this summer. Oh, you're going to work for Tyler, yeah? Yeah, on the 450, so uh, we'll see how that goes uh, on a big bike. I guess he's hauling butt right now, from yeah. what I heard. I haven't seen him yet, but I've uh, seen a few videos. Yeah. He looks pretty good. Um, yeah, I should have. I should. When I put you together with Leading Edge years ago, I should have got a percentage. I was too yeah, down. you're the one that hooked it up. That's right. I should have. Right. I should have. I should have asked for a percentage. Goddamn, because that that thing that's been good for you, and it's been good for them. They've won multiple titles and uh, race wins, and I think both of you guys, uh, it's worked out great. So um, yeah, no, it worked real good. I mean, yeah, back in '09, right off the bat, as soon as I got laid off, you uh, you hooked it up for sure. Um, hey, so uh, how's business? How's the paying business? Is it growing? Is it is it tough? I mean. We know the bike sales aren't there. Everybody's kind of, you know, It down. is a little tough, obviously, in the amateur circuit. I mean, it's not everybody that wants to spend three or 4000 bucks on a motor and a full bike setup to go racing. Obviously, it's pretty hard. But right. there is some people that are still willing to do it. But also, I can give them the choice. Like, I mean, you don't have to do a $4,000 setup. Obviously, right. you can right. do a 1200 bucks if you want. But here's the list, and we can deduct from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the first thing I would do would be X, and then the second thing I would do would be... Z, and then I'll go down the list with them and say, okay, I will do this here before to do this. Mm-hmm. And everybody seems to be uh, uh, good with that. So, right. uh, But it's, it's, it's not easy. Not easy, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, what do you say to people who, and I, and I heard this all the time when I worked for Parts Unlimited. Uh, I was the FMF guy for them. I heard this all the time. I go into a shop. The new bikes are, are powerful enough. I can't use any more power. I don't need that exhaust. I don't need any motor work. What do you say to the to the person who's listening to this that what can you do to just make your bike a little bit better, do you think? They don't need a full-on amateur, um, you know, going for the top, for, for the wind program, but what sort of stuff that you can do to somebody for somebody, like, just on a lower level to help their bike out? The main thing is to make it reliable because you don't want the thing to blow up, especially those four-strokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they blow up, it costs you three grand right off the bat. Yeah be a head cylinder bottom end crank it's going to be very expensive but uh obviously some brands are better than other brands reliability wise um like kawasaki you have to spend a lot of money to make them so they don't blow up on you but they're the fastest thing out there mm-hmm. like the that 250f cowie is like the best freaking bike out there for power but you have to make some change some parts in there so they keep up with you right. and then uh, other than that but the first thing i would tell people would be like to get a, a good carbureted bike um throttle body on this new fuel injected bike that's like the first thing i sell to people mm-hmm. it makes the bike really nice and crisp and um that's like the first thing i sell to people is the throttle body modifications mm-hmm. and then uh, other than that i mean the pipe you can wait a little bit there's other little things you could do before obviously set up the suspension right you can get uh a few seconds of lap just by setting up the suspension real good mm-hmm. and then um 
And then you go down the list and then yeah, how much pop money? in work. And, <laughs> and how much money do you got? <laughs> go down the list and how much money yeah, do you it's, got? Yeah, a lot of it is parts. I mean, and a lot of people are kind of freaking out when they see the list. But I'm like, right. look at it. I mean, the ignitions are like 700 bucks, and it, it goes quick. Mm-hmm. It's do just we- a lot of parts on those four-stroke. Uh, do you have a dyno? Where do you dyno stuff? FMF. Yeah. They let me use their dyno. They're very, very cool with oh, me. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, Donnie's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I... I go there anytime I want. Show up there at six, and I'm usually out of there by twelve. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Um, you learn a lot from there. You know, I mean, obviously, it doesn't replace yeah. on track feeling, but at least you know you're in the right direction, right? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, they always want to help you. I try this, try this one. This head pipe's longer. <laughs> try this one. And and, and while you're di- while you're dynoing, Donnie Senior is literally building and welding the pipe right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever met anybody like that dude in the industry? Like, there's nobody like that guy. No, nah, he's very cool. I he, like him. He is one of a kind. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. His whole life is just horsepower and making things better. That's all he oh, cares yeah. about. Now, when I'm there, I usually get there before he gets there. And yeah. then his office is like with the dyno room. So I get there. I'm running the bike. He shows up. His arms are in the air. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. I like him. Right, right, right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's delve into your backstory a little bit. Obviously, like I said at the top of the show, uh, French-Canadian you're, you're, uh, from Quebec. Where, whereabouts in Quebec? You know where uh, Rimouski is? Uh, no, uh, no. You got Montreal. You yep. go up the coast. Montreal, Quebec City, and Rimouski. So about uh, two and a half hours north of uh, Quebec City. Okay. Wow. So that's up there. Yeah. Rivier de Loup, Arena Cross, that area. You know where I, I raced once in uh, St. Tiet? Yeah, that's between Montreal and Quebec. Oh, is it? I thought it was past Quebec. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. No. Yeah. Uh, I raced there once um, back in the day. So you, you start off there. Uh, do you race? Is that, is that what happened? I did a little bit when I was younger. On, yeah. uh, I had an 85 and a CR125 and all that. And then uh, then I started helping Dubé because he was about 45 minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. And then that's how I started the whole thing. It was helping Dubé in 95, Marco a little du- bit towards Marco the du- end of the year. Yeah, Marco Dubé, for those who. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And uh, then, uh, had, an, had an AMA national number for many years. Yeah, a few years, I think. Yeah. 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 Number 80-something, I think, back in the day. Yep. Um, and then I helped him out, and then I was going to college at the same time, So, but it, during the winter, spring break, then we'll go down to Florida, uh, hang out in Florida for a few weeks, and do Daytona and Gainesville and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then 96 came around, and I helped him out all year. We went back on the West Coast, did all the nationals, and uh-huh. we won a national champ, championship in 96. And then it went from there to 97, 98. I went down in... Uh, Vermont to help out the Chad Shepard back in '98. Chad Shepard uh, sounds familiar. Yeah, number nine seventy four on Suzuki's back then. Okay, and was Dubé on a Honda when he won that the title? P- no, Suzuki. Uh, uh, yeah, on Hondas. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're on Hondas in '96. Right. Yeah, and then Rich Shepard was on a Suzuki. Shepard okay. on Suzuki. I just went there to learn English because I was just right out of college and I didn't so not I did not speak English at all, dude. Really, I mean, nothing. Still kind of sucks, but <laughs> I. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I knew about chair and desk and Apple, and that's about <laughs> it. I mean, dude, that's school. They don't teach you too much. Right, right. But once you throw yourself into it, dude, that's how you learn it. Yeah, And yeah. that's what I did. I went over there all summer with Chad and then uh, worked on bikes and went to all the nationals. Yeah. And then after that, in back 99, I went back home and got back with Dubai again for another year. Yeah. And after that, it was um, 99, where were we at? 2000. I helped out Simon Omens for a year also on okay. Suzuki's. He would have been, yeah. On Suzuki. What was it like working with Dubé? Did you get along with him? You like him? You still, you still yeah, talk to him? Yeah, very good. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, yeah. I always felt like he, uh, I always felt, I don't know Marco anywhere that good, but I know him to say hi and all that stuff. But 
I always feel like Marco could have took it more serious. Like he's pretty talented, pretty fast, but sort of more yeah, in, in I mean, for a good time. I mean, we were all young. We, had, we were, what, 18 years old, 19 years old back then. Uh-huh. And at Arena Cross, and yeah, we'll go out on Thursday night before the race and then <laughs> kind of get drunk a little bit. But right. Friday morning, we'll be at the track racing. Right, right. Yeah, we'll I was, kill it. I, was, I guess he's French, right? You guys are, you guys are yeah. gnarly. French Canadian <laughs> people are gnarly. But when it was time for the, the big nationals and mm-hmm. stuff, dude, when, there was no partying there, dude. Yeah, we were yeah. On it. yeah he, he was on it. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, did you get along with JSR, or were you guys arch rivals? Yeah, no, very good. I didn't really have to deal with him too much, but, I mean, obviously at the track on the weekends and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I always get along with JSR for sure. Yeah, one of the good guys in moto, I tell people. Like, if you don't know JSR, he's a great guy, great guy. Yeah, um, no, very good. Uh, so after that, you started working for Two Wheel Motorsport in Canada. Yeah, then after, yeah, after the whole Suzuki thing with Holmans, and I went to, yeah, Two Wheel in, uh, in Ontario. Uh-huh. Learn more English. That was my main goal also was to go to Ontario and learn English some more. Yeah. And then that was in uh, a dealership, so that you don't learn the best English in the back of the shop. Like, <laughs> you learn a lot of bad words there. But and that's uh, I mean, uh, Ron but that was with Ron Ashley. Yeah. A lot of people know Ron in Canada. Uh, he was running the whole Kawasaki thing in Canada back then. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we brought Sean Hamblin. We had Josh Woods. Um, so that's why I worked that whole summer, just in charge of like I was actually Hamblin's mechanic. Yeah. Then I was also helping Ron with the pro action thing, and uh, and back then, Ron, when you guys showed up at the nationals, it was a big deal. Like you had a truck and trailer, but it was well done. Yeah, a little fit, uh, a little uh, fifth wheel trailer thing. Yeah, I think pre- big haunting, and it was one of the big ones. Yeah, right, right. The pits were were very, uh, very nice and professionally set up back then. You know what I mean? Yeah, you guys yeah, were yeah. Sort of, and Hamlet and Woods all won. Everybody won. Yeah, we had the uh, East Coast and the West Coast. I think it was called at the time. We yeah. had both number one plates, and uh, now it was good. And how was your English at this point? More than Apple and Desk and Chair? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot better then. Yeah, <laughs> but even still, when I moved to the state, when I moved to California, I still wasn't that great. But then, right, right, still not that great. But, uh, but there, a lot better g- than it was. Give us, give me your best, uh, your best story of being somewhere in the U.S. and not understanding what was going on. Do you have, do you have? Uh, one? Give me your best one. There's got to be one that sticks out in your mind where you were just this kid from Quebec and. and you know, either. That would have been like probably like uh, back in the '95 area when I was in Florida okay. for spring breaks and stuff, and yeah. I did not really understand too much. Yeah. And then you go out to the freaking grocery store to get some food or something, and oh, uh, the first thing, yeah, like for here or to go. That's the first thing people don't understand. Like when you go to McDonald's to get some food, they yeah. say you want it for here or to go. Uh-huh. And you look at her, you're like, uh, what did she say? <laughs> <laughs> That's like the first thing you're like. You don't understand. Yeah, you're just like everybody look at each other like, right. "What the hell did you just say?" Well, hey, man, I've 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 been in in Europe enough times, uh, plenty of times where now that's that's me in Europe going, huh? Just staring at Bercy or something. Just, oh, anywhere, anywhere, just staring at the person. Like at least Bercy, I can understand a little bit because you know in Canada we all take French and we all it's part of our lives yeah. a little bit. So I can I can, when I go to Bercy with the American guys, I can I'm considered the genius because I know. 20 french words you know what i mean <laughs> i'm like a rocket scientist but even like germany or, or anywhere like that you're just staring at them going what you know <laughs> so <laughs> uh, um what was uh what was dubay's best placing in the u.s that when you were with them do you remember a race that stood out at all well we brought him at yamaha troy as a test rider back in no five oh six or so oh six i think oh uh, really and it, yeah then he um just before supercross we had him as a test guy and um yeah, it was 06 when McFarlane was here and stuff. So uh-huh. put some time on the bike, and then uh, we actually raced West Coast with him. And then he went to uh, San Francisco, and his best finish was at San Fran. It was in the mud. I think he got second in the eight race. 
and uh, I forgot what he got in the main. Yeah. But, um. Um, but we got him uh, to do a few uh, a few uh, Supercross down here. and But He's, I think his best finish was like a sixth place at Unadilla or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember him being up there a few times. Uh, Jay, JSR was fifth, and I think he was sixth or something. Um, so one year, two-wheel, that's it? Yeah, just one year. Then, yeah, I went down after Walton, after the last national in Canada, me yep. and Sean Hamblin. We drove down to Binghamton for the last two nationals, Binghamton uh-huh. and Steel City. Yep. And then uh, I started handing the resumes out. And then I gave one to Keo. I gave one to a bunch of people. Then Keo called me back, and he said, uh, if you can get your work visa going, just head down south. Wow. And then I uh, called the lady in Washington, got a work visa on the go, and uh, it worked out. And then I said, all right, I'm coming. You uh, always wanted to go to the U.S.? Like, was that always your goal? Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, back then, yeah. I mean, I was I was kind of young, too, and I was like, let's do it. Right. And it's down there. There's nothing up in Canada, dude. You're doing snowmobile in the winter. Yeah. And yep. you ride dirt bikes for, like, what, five months, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I was never. No, I wanted to come down here for sure. I was never even a mechanic in Canada ever. Like I quit racing, and then Shane Drew was down here, and working for Nolene, and I was like, I I want to do that. And the Canadian series, yeah. I'm older than you, I think, and this Canadian series was a joke back then. And I never, yeah. I never was a mechanic in Canada. I just went straight to the U.S. It's always somewhere where I wanted to go, you know. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's a pretty good break though. Like, like I mean, you and I have been around a long time as a mechanic. I was the. I never handed out resumes. It was always like who you knew. I, we certainly got a lot of resumes on all the teams that I've been on over the years, and I don't remember any manager ever just cold calling some dude from the resume. So that's kind of a yeah, good break. Yeah. Or did? Yeah, no, I, I was pretty. I mean, I'm. I owe it to Keo for sure. I mean, I wouldn't be down here if it wasn't from him. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. So um, you start working at Yamaha Troy like right away. You know, factory support. Right away team. for Greg Schnell. They put me with Greg Schnell on a 125 two-stroke, and um, right. that's, that's the same here. We had Chad Reed there. He came from Europe. Yeah. And then, uh, so Dave Dye was working. No, Zach. Zach from Pro Circuit. Zach now. He was working him, yeah. for Chad. Right. And then, um, so now I worked for Greg Schnell that year and a little bit for Roderick Tain when they swapped by because it didn't like the two stroke, four stroke thing. So uh, Tain ended up wanting to go back on the two stroke. So <laughs> I, I kept, don't, I don't stayed remember. With my, I stayed with my bike <laughs> and I worked for Tain for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. Which is good. He's French. You're French, so whatever. Yeah, it was cool. Although, uh, and Ro- then, um, Roderick was a little weird. Roderick was a little weird to get to know. He was a little different dude. Nice, yeah. <laughs> nice guy. Nice guy. Just yeah, no, he was good. Um, you know, he was a little weird. I thought. Yeah, we had him at KTM. <laughs> uh, Never really heard from him for the last what four or five years. I don't know what happened. You to know, him. he did some enduros or something. He was like an enduro champion. I saw Oscar or something. Yeah, I saw him at uh like a Dis Nations or something where you're like, hey, hi. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Roderick Thane. Like, uh, it was – or maybe Bercy. It is in Italy or something. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what? I think I saw him at Bercy. I think that's where I saw him. Uh. Um, but uh, anyways, um, so, yeah, Yamaha, Troy, and this would have been 02. Uh, 02. And, and 03, uh, they put me with uh, Craig Anderson, Chad Reed's cousin. Yeah. Yeah, how was that? Uh, guess- so they flew him over here and then uh, got a two-year deal with him. And then it was good, dude. Very nice guy. Very nice. Him and his wife are very nice people. Craig Dack was now running things kind of a little bit, right? Craig Dack came down with him, yep. And then um, was Kehoe still around, or was he gone by then? Kehoe, no. As soon as I got here in '01, uh-huh. he was here for like a week because ah. then he signed his Honda deal. Like for as soon as I got here, he signed his Honda deal. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know, I hired you. See you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, I never actually really had to work with Kehoe because as soon as I got here, it was done. Yeah. Um. um what, what was uh. What was this, some of the stuff when Chad was when Chad was O uh, two when Chad was on a on a um, on a one hundred three on a four stroke like you know we knew he was quick but 
Did you have an idea that he was? I mean, was he killing it all the time at the test, test tracks and stuff? Like, were you? Uh, yeah, he was pretty fast. I mean, he showed up late because he didn't come here till November after the destination uh-huh. Bercy. Yep. He flew in here right after Bercy, and it was kind of a quick deal. But he was East Coast, so he had a few months to get ready. Yeah. But uh, he got here yeah, right after Bercy, and I remember Dave and Larry went to Bercy, and he's like, dude, wait till you see that guy. Dude, he'll, <laughs> right. That guy is, is what it is. Well, and I remember, Bye-bye. cool. Do you remember he raced some West Coast to Vidi races, and it was like, oh, shit, this guy's good. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Revving the shit out of his YZ250, yeah. <laughs> you know, like just revving it. Um, hey, guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for BTOsports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this, deal with it, order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. At this uh, point, 03, so now Henderson, and then uh, right in the middle of the year in the outdoors, uh, Dean Baker, our engine guy at Yamaha, he uh, got a job at Factory Kawasaki. So they offered me the job, and then I took it for sure. So, so I was starting two, doing motors at Yamaha Troy from yeah, mid-03. Two years in the U.S., and you're, doing, you're now the motor guy for, for Yamaha yeah. Troy. Uh, were you, so yeah. you, were you, you weren't working for Ando when he won then? Yeah, Southwick, yeah. Oh. I was, uh, um, I think, if I remember right, there was a practice the day before. It was pretty muddy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the next day, we just bust ass, and we freaking got it done, dude. Yeah. The, kind of uh, came together with Michael Byrne, I think, in one corner. Yeah, that's quite a burn went down, and we got it. Yeah, yeah, what a win that was. That was one of the more unlikelier wins, you know? Um, yeah, no, uh, it was good. Me, very good for sure. Give me your best Dave Dye story from 02. Dave Dye story from 02? Yeah, give me, yeah. Give me your best one. Give me your, the one that you could tell, anyways, on the air. Uh, yeah, I have to think about that one. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't don't really have one that pops in my mind right now. I'll, how about, I'll think about it though. Yeah, think about it. How about when his headpipe fell off at Washugo on Chad's bike? No, it broke. The headpipe broke. It was tight, dude. Yeah, and then he. This shit doesn't fall off. His stuff doesn't fall off. It, it, the headpipe broke. Uh, and then his headpipe fell off. Well, it, we thought it fell off. And then after the moto, he was running around with the with the bolts and the and the header clamp, showing everybody to, so that everybody knew yeah. his, his header did <laughs> so not dude, fall some off. Some dude got that headpipe right in his forehead on the side of the track. Really? I think it came off. It came off going up the big hill. Uh huh. Some dude got the head pipe right in his forehead. No way. Yeah. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah it was pretty. Uh, I got some. Weird. I got some die stories from working with him at Yamaha, of course. Uh, oh yeah, funny uh, dude, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. So you started doing motors. Uh, um, were you inclined to look at the motors? Were you getting into motors? Was Dean showing you things? Dean teaching you things? He had about a week to show me what he. Uh, what he was able to show me at Yamaha Troy from from the motors, he was like, "Okay, you need to know this. You need to know this." But I was always kind of looking over right. what he was doing, like the, the last two years before. Yeah, because I was doing some stuff back in Canada, but not nothing major like that. Right. But then, uh, as soon as I got into it, I was like, "Okay, now I need to learn how to port heads. I need to learn how to do this, degree cams, everything." And then he showed me everything, and and from that base point. Then from that, then I learned a lot more after that with Bob Oliver at Yamaha. Right, right. Because uh, we work with Yamaha quite a bit. And then um, uh, every year, just got a little bit better every year. And I look back, I'm like, dude, back in 02 and 03, the, the guys would have had so much better bikes if you knew everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That well, you know now, you're like, dude, we would have killed it back then. That's like anything, right? That's just like yeah. Um, but, uh, and hey, at this point, um, obviously the uh, recent passing of uh, Phil Allerton, at this point, he was maybe in his darker days. Uh, you didn't see him much. You didn't deal with him too much, did you? Um, was he around? Not back then, no. Uh, in '02, when I first got there, he was there. The one, when actually, when uh, Keo left, yeah. and Phil took over. Yeah. And Phil had to do it all. And then Craig Dack came on board to help Phil out. And um, now we saw him a lot back in '02. But after that, like '04, is kind of when you kind of lost track of him. Yeah, things went sideways from there. But did, yeah. you always get, did you always get along with him? Did you like him? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, very nice guy. You'll give his his left leg if he had to to, yeah. to you to help you out. Right, right. So, okay, so... Okay. And never say no. Always says yes to everybody. And right. <laughs> it's just sad that, I mean, it happens, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's one of those sad deals for sure. A lot of people try to help him, and it's just one of those things where... You can't help yourself. You know, yeah. nothing's going to work. But um, after 03, or in 03, you start doing motors. And uh, and so who, who, does, who do you pick up for the next year? Do you have Tedesco that next year? The next year, uh, we had Tedesco in 02, 03, and 04. Oh, you had them all three. Okay, yeah. yeah maybe not 04. Because, yeah, you had number 45 or something in 52 back in 03. Last guy to win a Supercross on a two-stroke, or I think, or one of the last guys, anyway. Yeah, the Pontiac, I think. Sellers yeah. was on a four. Yeah, Sellers was on the four stroke, and Tedesco won that cha- that uh, Pontiac on a two stroke. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, yeah. So he was there in '04 when we had Sellers, Danny Smith, Kelly Smith. I think he showed up in '05. I think. Yeah. Because we had Mike Brown also. Oh yeah, Brownie. Uh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, Mike Brown was our fifth guy at Yamaha in '04. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going with him in Europe for a couple of races. In the end of '03, with that big uh, Spain race in the mud there. Oh yeah, yeah, the world. That world, was yeah. a freaking nightmare. <laughs> Dude, yeah. that was horrible. I got out of that one. We didn't go. We went the year before. Yamaha. Uh, Kelly before. was gonna go with Larry, and then ended up he hurt and he hurt himself like the week before. Uh-huh. So Larry came and helped, but God, that was horrible. Yeah, I bet. Um, I mean, we shipped our race bikes over there, brand new freaking race bikes. <laughs> get there, and it's a mud bat. And then Kelly's bike. Kelly was gonna get a 450 from a dealership. Uh-huh. And it was in the crate, right? The brand new freaking bike in the crate against the wall. I'm like, dude, we're racing that bike. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, our, our brand new 252 stroke is not going to be put in that mud. There's no way. Oh, uh, how was so and we how was the dealer, Can we use that 450? He's like, yeah, for sure, go for it. Yeah, how, dude, killed it, destroyed that bike in like six laps. I bet. I mean, it was horrible. How was Brownie to work for? How'd you like? Uh, how'd you like doing the motors for him and being around him? Very good. He's uh, 
very nice guy. Uh, obviously, he was pretty fast back then. Yeah. Still fast. I mean, the guy, the guy can start. Whole shot guy. He likes to. He's very good on starts. But um, hard to get a hold of. I know that. He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to get a hold of him, dude. Good luck. Yeah, I've heard that. That's the I've one thing that. I remember from him. I've heard that from a few people. Um, yeah. <laughs> he was supposed to be down at Ricky's riding. Jimmy Perry told me he's supposed to be down at Ricky's riding for months and months and months, and it turns out he wasn't even there. One day, Ricky's like, why are you sending boxes with Brownie to my house? And they're like, he's there riding. And he's like, he hasn't been here for like a month. Yeah, he just didn't tell him. He was just going. Yeah. <laughs> At one time, he was supposed to come testing, and then we ended up learning he was in England testing another bike. And Oh, yeah, that's right. That, that, yeah, that CAS on the team or something. Right, yeah. He, at the end of Brownie's thing, uh, it's, things went kind of sideways for him at the end of Yamaha Troy, huh? He wasn't happy. Yeah, I kind of forget what happened there. I'm not too – Right. It's been too long. Um, but uh, uh, anyways, uh, what other riders did you enjoy working with? Um – McFarlane. McFarlane, yeah. Yeah, very smart dude. I mean, he came from Europe. He had a pretty good background in Europe. Uh, we had some issues with motor stuff at the time because mm-hmm. he was riding his bike at a little bit different range than everybody else. Yeah. So stuff started going south pretty quick at some point, and uh, we got that fixed. And he was always like, dude, try this, try that. I said, we used to do this back in Europe, so let's try it. Yeah. And you know, back then you're like, oh no, 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 and we're doing it like this. It's been working for years. We're gonna keep working it this way. Right. And at one point, I'm like, dude, the guy knows his stuff. I'm, I'm going for it. Let's right. do it. Right, right. And just gotta listen to him and stop being stubborn and just freaking listen to people and make stuff better. Right, right. Yeah, it, uh, it, it worked, right? It worked out. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, McFarlane was a good dude. I didn't know him that well, but hung out with him a little bit because I was at Yamaha at this time. I was at the factory team, so yep, yep, uh, yep. you guys were at a lot of our tests and you know a lot of just crossing paths here and there. So, uh, and so after Yamaha Troy, you got a job at Factory Yamaha, which had been cool. Yeah, Keith McCarty uh, pulled me over at Glen Ellen at the NAS National, and he said, oh, "You want to come work for us? We're going to put a little 250F program together." Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. I mean, let's talk about it on Monday, and then uh, that worked out. And we had Hepler and Hill. Um, Which on paper looks awesome. On paper looks awesome. On paper, yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> I mean, Hepler, he's just he got a lot of concussions. Like right off, the, I think it was towards the end of the year, though. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, he was hurt a lot. And um, But with Hill, I mean, we had some decent results at some point. But I think he had uh, a little bit of weight issues at some point. Oh, 250F Yamaha at the time, it wasn't yeah. uh, the best bikes out there. Yeah. And then uh, it was kind of hard when you're like, what, 15, 20 pounds over here, like yeah. Philip Polo and his little 250F Cowie. I mean, yeah. that's kind of hard to keep up with. Yeah, I think I think Mookie Stewart's like that too right now. He's too big. Yeah. He's, you know, he's huge. Um, what but a- then uh, kind of had it worked his way out, and we did it all. I mean, we uh, I was helping Keith Burns a little bit at Yamaha Troy because mm-hmm. he took my job when I left. Right. And then there was the whole Jay Law Lawrence thing, and then uh, I helped Keith a little bit. I won a title. You won the, won the title, yep. Yeah. And then, uh, so now I helped out a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, I worked for Yamaha from most the end of 06 to 09. 09. Uh, and so yep. bit, you would have been one of Langston one in 07? Yep, 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 yep. yep. Uh, were you always 250F guy there, or were you, did, you, did they kind well, of. Well, as soon as we clipped the 250F program, uh, I think it was after Vegas or something in 08. Yep. Yeah, that whole thing kind of, kind of took a different path, and we just said, okay, screw it, we're using 450s now. <laughs> so then we turned Hepler on 450s, Josh Hill on 450s, yeah. and then uh, it started going a lot better there. Then, yeah, me and Bob was working together. Uh, we were t- 
on the come up with good setups and mm-hmm. uh we had that pretty good stuff going. Did you enjoy? Good. Did you enjoy your time there, at that factory, or what? Did you like? Yeah, enjoy oh better, yeah, for or? sure. Yeah. I mean, the the only thing I ate it was the drive. Yeah. Just... Obviously, I, I was Yamaha Troy was in Valencia. I bought a house in Palmdale, so forty minutes away. Not that big of a deal. Yeah. yeah. But then you got Yamaha down in Long Beach. You're like, dude, it's an hour. It's a hundred miles. Yeah. So it, in morning and at night, and every day for two and a half years, seven, it, was, it killed me. Dude. And they had to be there at seven thirty in the morning. Well, I. I well, Keith was, was cool. He said you can start at six and leave earlier. So I left oh, my okay. house by 4.15. Did you really? And then get there at 6, start working. And then uh, by 3 o'clock, I was out of there and home by 5, 5.30. You, you left for work every morning at 4.15? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh. I'm surprised I'm still alive, dude. Oh, that's, yeah. Fell asleep, fell asleep a few times on the road. Yeah. I mean, it was bad. Yeah, no doubt. That is, that is gnarly. Yeah, and you didn't want to sell your house or you couldn't sell your house at that point, right? You're like, Not really because, yeah, the market took right. a crap right after, at that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Jimmy was like, oh, try to find a house in Corona. I'm like, and looking in Corona, I'm like, dude, I'm so glad I didn't buy there. Yeah, yeah. I would be stuck there now. I mean, oh. that would suck. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's why I'm in Vegas, bro. That's why I'm in yeah. Vegas because I, I was not going to pay those prices um, to live in some you know, some shack. I just wasn't going to pay three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars for you know a thousand foot condo. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, well, we had, when I was there, we had to be there at seven thirty. But for me, it was like seven forty-five. So yeah, <laughs> that's legendary for that. But, and if you're a lady, you have to bring donuts, right? Yeah, I did a bunch, and then I just stopped bringing donuts, and I would buy lunches, and I'd be like, okay, I'm just okay. gonna buy a lunch because <laughs> I can't bring, I can't, I'm stopping to bring donuts. This is no good. So. Uh, uh, it caused some problems. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I can't. No, it was did, good. I mean, I yeah, dealing with Bob, obviously Oliver, and then yeah. uh, Jimmy. I mean, very, very guy straightforward. He knows what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, uh, I can't say enough good things about Bob. He taught me a lot. Bob Oliver, been there forever. Yeah, for sure. And uh, smart guy. And um, got, when he gets angry, he definitely won't, don't want to be around. I made him angry. Dude, yeah. The yeah. whole time at Yamaha Trust, I'm like, dude, that guy's always mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> he yeah, never yeah. smiles. Yep. But dude, once you get to know him, and he's perfect dude. yeah i mean it's very good yeah no absolutely and, and you learned a lot i bet right i mean you learned a ton of stuff oh yeah about everything yeah, yeah. I, I i when i was there you know I, I was just a parts changer and by the end of the time there i was using the mill using the dyno using the lathe yep you know yep. doing all that stuff and uh it was super cool i never just kind of and then uh, you know the green cams a little bit here and there and i i learned so much there that uh i was just like wow i i was th- i looked back at myself as a privateer mechanic and was like man was i an idiot <laughs> yeah, think about so, that sometimes too. Yeah, so well, Langston, the Langston Championship was good for you guys. The Hepburn Hill thing never worked out, um, no doubt about it. That was kind of a disaster. But I think Yamaha was doing that because they could see the the YLT program falling apart, though, huh? Is that why? You oh yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, I mean, they still had the starter program, the star racing program right. behind them, also. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, they saw it for sure. So uh, you got laid off, like with a lot of other people. Uh, um, yeah, June, I mean, a lot of people got laid off. Ray, another yeah. Canadian guy. Yeah, what's he doing um, now? Is he even around? I think he sells insurance. Hmm, okay, in the Cal- in Canada? In California, oh, he okay. married some chick in California, and then uh, did it the good way. He, uh, yeah, he sells some insurance or something. Um, what was that being like? Did you have any clue? Like, what happened? Show up at work, then they're just like, "Hey, you gotta go." I was dyno and stuff for the outdoors. Yep. It was right before Daytona in 09, mm-hmm. uh, the Monday after Daytona. So I was dyno and stuff for the outdoors, and then um, uh, it was time for lunch. It was noon, so I was dyno and The only thing left, I had a different piston I wanted to try. So I'm like, oh, after lunch, I'm going to go dyno with that piston. I'm done. Yeah. And then um, 
So I go to lunch, grab my lunch, and keep in cardio. He's like, dude, after your lunch, come back. I want to talk to you. I said, all right, cool. No problem. Okay. So I eat my lunch. I go in my truck, take a little nap because, I mean, I have to sleep because I yeah. drove freaking 100 miles to get there with no sleep. So I go in my truck, sleep a little bit, go back to work, and he's like, dude, I got to leave you off. I said, they cut, I think it was 49 people in the first batch, and I think they cut another 36 people or something in the second batch. Wow. So Just, it was, I was like, are you freaking for real? I mean. Yeah. yeah. So you had no yeah. idea. Like, no. Yeah, no idea. Dude. No, no idea. And, and it was, a bun- and I was, I was the last one because they laid everybody off on Friday. I was the young, because Keith was in uh, Daytona. Uh-huh. So they had to wait till Monday for me. So I didn't even know after people were gone from, <laughs> like, in testing and all that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Across the hall in testing. I, was, right. I didn't even know after people were already gone. Yeah. So then, you, so then on Monday they'd wait. You showed up Monday and was like, "Holy shit!" Hey, when I okay. left, now I put my two weeks in and left, but the security guard came and like watched me and escorted me out. Same deal for you, or? Well, yeah, I mean it was not an escort, pretty much. I mean, he was, yeah, he was with me the whole time, and then you can see in his face he felt sad and he felt bad about it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I heard later, about a week later, because he had another meeting, I think the next day after I was gone, mm-hmm. and Ray told me, he said, dude, he, he told everybody that that's the hardest thing he had to do. Right, right, right. Because, I mean, he got me there two years before, and now he has to lay me off. But yeah. he's like, dude, so don't worry about it. He said, you know what? He said, back in the day with Bob Oliver, he got laid off too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said, guess what? He's back, and then he's there again. Yeah, exactly. So devastation for you. I mean, at least you got a severance package of something, or you got something when you left. I don't know what, but vacation pay or something but were you yeah no they were very good about it but uh were you i, uh, I knew i was going to have a different career choice i mean i'm gonna have to do something else yeah well, and i'm like you... there's so many amateur kids that wants to get the same bike as the pros i'm like dude i can do that i just gotta get it done so not uh no thought of you for going to uh back into being a mechanic or anything like you didn't didn't really want to do that immediately did you kind of know you wanted not to start really because at the time i had uh two kids a newborn and was like three or four months old no, four, no, six, seven months old. Uh-huh. And then I had a three-year-old boy and then a, yeah, four, a six-month-old baby. Um, so it's hard to be a mechanic when you got two kids at the house and a wife. It's yep. it's not easy. You're on the road every time. How is that for Even like right now in the summer, it's not that easy because I got to leave on Friday. And yeah. I'm back Monday morning. You got to take a day off and try to enjoy your week with the wife and kids. And then you got to go back to work for two days. Yeah. And back on the road again for another four days. It's... Um. It's not an easy job. No, no doubt. And well, at least this year, Canadian National, some of them are on Saturday now, well, Saturday only. So that'd be two of them, I think. Yeah. Um, how was that phone go call? Go for go for in Kamloops. How was that phone call to the wife? Hey, I uh, just got laid off. <laughs> uh, I geez. didn't even call. I just drove home. Freaking was on the phone with a couple people. Yeah. And then I drove home, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And then I just went to Earth. I just got laid off. And at the time, because she was hurt, she just ruptured her Achilles tendon. Uh huh. So she was sitting on her couch, and her dad was there helping her out during the day with right. the kids and the baby and stuff. Right. So he looked at me coming in and said, what are you doing here? <laughs> I'm like, I was like, dude, it was a bad deal. Right. And so that that starts. So, I mean, one door closes and another door opens. C4MX opens. Uh, and so ask yourself this now. Would you, would you still be at Yamaha today, or was getting laid off maybe a good thing? Uh, I mean, I, was, I think everything happens for a reason. Right. I mean, maybe I would have killed myself the week after driving. I don't know. Who knows? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just. Are you you happy? It's just a different. Yeah. It's just a different path that we took, and then uh, it could have been a good thing. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. like I said, like Bob Oliver, three years later, went back to work and got a job again. Right. Right. Maybe in two years, maybe Keith will come back and say, "Dude, we need somebody." Yeah. 
again. So maybe I'll do that. I don't know. We'll right. see how it goes. Uh, yeah, what about, I mean, what about, uh, you know, I'm sure one of these factory teams, I have no doubt one of these factory teams or, or satellite teams are going to are gonna call you, pick, pick up the phone and uh, one of these days. So would you leave C4 and do that for a security job? Or, mm, no, you know? I think I would do, uh, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quit C4MX. I think I'll just keep doing that and make amateur kids happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I will just do it the same way I'm doing Moto Concepts right now. Um, I just do Moto Concepts through C4MX, and so I have a full-on Honda 250F program there, and I'm I'm working one-on-one with uh, Derek, one of the guys there. Uh-huh. So uh, I think I would do it that way probably. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I show a lot of people, uh, especially Supercross, I, I mean, I got four guys on the gate every freaking weekend. Right, right. In that... And like we had Teddy Mayer back before uh, before the break. We had uh, Leninovich. He's like one of my best guys right now. I mean, he's yeah, killing it, killing it <laughs> for like sitting on the couch to go back to racing. He's been doing pretty damn good. Yeah, um, yeah, no doubt about it. So how much do but you? I think, how much do you talk? To, how much do you talk to the factory guys that you know and and, and the Dan Bentleys of the world and and that kind of people, uh, Mitch or whatever? Do, do you pick their brains? Do you talk to them? Do, do, do you? No, I don't really know that many. Like, uh, I mean, I say hi to Mitch here and there. Right, I mean, right. I'll see him. I'll say hi. Yeah. Um, but I'm still kind of hooked up a lot with Yamaha. Like, if I got a question, I'll call uh, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, Bob, I'm still hooked up for them pretty good. Yeah. But like all the other ones, like Cowie, I don't really know anybody there. Right, right. Honda, I know Keo, uh, Gotti J, good couple people there. Right. And uh, but other than that, Suzuki, I don't really know anybody there either. I don't think anybody knows anybody at Suzuki anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Webb and Leroy. Yeah. Leroy's still there. But uh, uh yeah, Tool Time's not working for AMA. Yeah, so. Tool Tooley's working for AMA. So that's well that's good though. I mean you haven't severed any relationships where you you know, if you run into a, a, a stumbling block or a question, Bob Oliver can pick up the phone and I mean there that oh, yeah. that, that, that dude has seen it all and done it all. Oh yeah, I was doing a WR450 about two months ago and I was asking some questions about it, about yeah. can timing and all that for that bike and right. Uh, they all help for sure. I mean, oh, that's cool. That's good to hear. I'm glad. Yeah, that's that's the awesome. one thing I know that I'm I'm kind of glad that I'm not a Yamaha anymore. Is I learned so much by working on the other bikes. Right. Like right. working on Hondas and working on Cowies and stuff. Yep. It's like you learn so much. Yeah, different. To different. make other bikes faster, you'll learn from all the other bikes. Right. Right. So yeah, I mean, uh, that was one thing I liked. Canada this summer. Uh, you got Teddy Mayer, Kyle Beaton, and Tyler Schoberg going for MX2. Versus, yeah. I would say Jeremy Medaglia is probably their, their number one competition, but it's looking good for a leading-edge title. Well, it better be. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have to get that thing. I mean, we have to get it. We, I, talk- I mean, who else is there? I mean, Spencer Knowles, he's going to be on the Yamahas. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not, yeah, there's not that many. I think Maffenbeier is going back down. Who is? The small bike. Maffenbeier? Really? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. Okay, he might be good. Yeah, he's going to be good. Uh, uh, other than that, I think, yeah, it was... Like Teddy and Schoberg, hopefully it's not going to rain. And beaten. And beaten. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm tough on beaten, dude. <laughs> I'm tough on beaten. He knows it, though. Little Beats. I mess with him all the time. I mess with him all the freaking right, time. Right, right. Yeah, no, Little Beats is a good dude. Um, no doubt. And like I said to you guys, said to you and Pat O'Connor on this Saturday in Seattle, if, if Leading Edge does not win the MX2 title, I'm coming out there and burning everything down because burning you guys got to do it. You got to do it. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, we... Same thing. I mean, the motors are going to be a little bit better than last year. I got yep. some updated because it's been pretty similar to the same motor for the last three years right. with a bunch of updates on them every year. And then we learned from some mistakes we had last year. We'll just fix that, and this year we're going even stronger. 
Um, um, so we're putting it all on the on the line this year, dude. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're going hard. And you know, Gurky's healthy. I don't think Gurky's going to run with Fasciati uh, every week, but he's possibly could be a two to two to three to four place guy. You know. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, right now I think he's a little bit hurt from his back. Yeah, and he can barely walk. Yeah. But uh, hopefully, I'll be fixed in about a month. So. Um. So, hey, when you look at all the bikes, uh, which which four which two fifty F do you see the most potential with? Like, what's one that le- what's a bike that leaves a lot on the table that you could really make run well? The Yamaha because of the oil tank and and all that. No, no, the, the Hondas on the Cowies. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's the only two things. Oh. Um, fuel injected bike. I mean, it's so much easier to mm-hmm. play with. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people are scared of it, but it is so much easier once you get the ignition box and programs. And I mean, it's it's so much right. easier to deal with. Right. And then throttle response is so much better. No bog in. No freaking. It's it's so much better. But then the Honda, they all have their own little things. I mean, obviously, uh, Hondas are tough. I mean, everything Honda is tough. Yeah. And then the Cowies are not very tough, but they're fast yeah they handle real good they own they all they all have their own little things but what, i would say between cowie and honda right now what, 250 for sure when is yamaha gonna get off the pot here they got, they, they got uh, thinking old... from some people told me it's not gonna be in 13 really oh yeah dude an oil tank an external oil tank five valves and, and a carburetor that's just i mean yeah you know i mean it's it's you can take parts from an old one, still put it in there. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's still fit. But the good, <laughs> I mean, the good thing pretty is, soon, I'm pretty sure they'll have something. Like with Spencer, with Spencer Knowles' bike in Canada, you can pretty much give him, you know, Mike Brown's motor. You know exactly what to do, or you know anybody like that, anybody of the you know Mike, Brock yeah. Kepler, Brock Kepler or Josh Hill. You're like, here you go. Yeah, and then since then, same thing. We learn a lot from other bikes, and I'm going to do those updates in there too. Right. Right. Um, well, that's good. Uh, it's good. I- I'm glad that uh, everything seems to be working out for you. I know when you got laid off, it was it was a bad deal and uh, bad deal for a lot of people. A lot of guys at Cali got laid off, you know, maybe a year ago or so, and and uh, it's just not good not good to hear. But uh, C4MX uh, definitely seems like you're you're making some inroads there and you're you're uh, making a difference. I think that's cool. I think that's a good job. Yeah. Good job for you. No, thank you. Um, no, we're uh, working at it for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, C4MX people can check it out on the web and. Uh, Frenchie will give you 10% off if you mention this podcast. How's that, <laughs> If you mention Mathis, yeah. If you mention Mathis. Uh, <laughs> hey, thanks, thanks for doing the uh, BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. Uh, Frenchie, thanks very much. I will see you this weekend uh, in Salt Lake, or I will see you in Vegas if this doesn't come out till next week. One of the two. All right, sounds good. All right, thanks, man. All right, no problem. See you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.